just pray, my Holy Spirit, that as we share this morning, as we talk about this outreach, that you will just come, Lord, and just fill this atmosphere again, that you will touch the hearts of everyone that is here this morning, Lord God. I pray that everyone that is here and everyone that will watch online, that you will be touched by something special, by something unique just for you, that, that you will receive a word from the Lord this morning just for you, and that you can apply that word into your life. And we come before your Holy Spirit, and we just dedicate this day before you, this service before you, and I pray that every testimony that is shared this morning will carry your anointing, that it will go far into, into the world on YouTube, that it will go far into people's lives as they receive your word and then share it to others. I, I pray for, a, for, for, for that expansion of your kingdom just by us listening this morning to testimonies and to your goodness. Yes, Lord, I pray that this Sunday as well, and as we share, will bring glory to your name. Because it is all about you, Jesus. We thank you for your love for us, Lord Jesus. Amen. Oh, today is going to be a good day. Yes, definitely. So... If you didn't know, we came back last night or yesterday afternoon from Mdevundu. So I'm not sure if the rest of the team, they look pretty good. I'm still a little bit tired. Um, this afternoon I'm going to sleep. Tonight I'm going to sleep and I'll be good to cacao again next week. So it's going to be a good day. And there's a lot that we're going to share today. And I'm not going to speak too much because uh, I would love our team to, to speak because they, they do have a lot to say, I believe. Um, but, but, uh, but just before we start, um, just, just a little bit of a recap of, of why do we do um, outreaches? Why do we do uh, uh, missions? And it's easy answer. It's, it's a command from God. Full stop. It's, it's, it says in the Word, if, if we look at Matthew 28, there's... From verse 18, it says, read it from my Bible. It says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So, it's a command that we have to go. Why go? Because if, if, if we are all happy on the inside of the four walls of the church, and it all stays here, we can't take that happiness and goodness and grace from outside. It has to be it has to be outside as well of the four walls of the church. And the only way we can do that and share to people and tell them about Jesus is to go, to, to go and do something, to stand up and do something. 
at home, at our work place, in the Vundu, or wherever else that the Lord leads us. So, number one, we have to go. And number two is we have to make disciples. We have to go find them first to go make disciples. So we have to go. We have to find the people, tell them about Jesus, and then we start mentoring them, leading them, and bringing them um, to, to God, you know, tell them the good news, lead them to salvation, mentor them all the time. And then it says that then we have to baptize them. A, a believers should baptize. Why? Because it says so in the Word. Why do we baptize people? Because then they have the opportunity to have a public declaration in front of people and in the spirit that they now confidently step out and live out their faith in Jesus Christ. They now have the, the, the boldness to live as, as full-on believers of Jesus. And they declare that with them, their mouths and there's witnesses around them that keeps them accountable as well. So that's how we lift up each other. That's how we support each other. So then we have to baptize them. And with every new believer, it says then verse 20 then that we have to teach them. Because you are new. New in the faith. You don't know how all these things work. With the set of bit of stand a bit, it doesn't matter. It's about your heart. With the good bit, with the good bit, it doesn't matter. It's about your heart. So you teach the people about the faith, about the heart of the Father for them, and to teach them them to 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 become as Jesus was, loving others, loving people. So that's why, in essence. We do an outreaches and stuff because that's what the Lord asks of us. And also, you'll soon see as well when the, 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 the people are here um, is that when we do an outreach, if you can say it at home as well or at work or wherever, it helps us as individuals and as a church to keep focusing on God because now it's about him and the effect and whatever he wants to do with the, the people. And we can only do that effectively if we focus on him so that we can hear from him what he wants to do wherever. So it helps us as individuals and as a church to, to focus on God. And then um, when we do what he commands, when we're on an, an outreach, we actually see the faithfulness of God. We see Him move. Like we see every time we're there, we see the, the changes in the community. And now we begin to trust God because we see His, His word is true. When He says He's going to do something, He does it. Amen? Um, so we learn to trust Him. And that, again, strengthens our faith in Him. And it also says in Matthew um, 15 that we need to do these things to the least of these. And who are the least of these? 
It's the poor, it's the orphans, it's the widows, it's the outcasts of society. And we've seen that a lot there, and I think our team will share about, about it as well. And it says, Matthew 15, about that when we do it unto the least of these, we also do it unto God. And that's, for me, quite powerful. It's not always about us. It's not always about them. It all comes back to Jesus. What we do to the least of these, we do unto him. What we do not do unto the least of these, we do not do unto Jesus. Amen. You with me this morning? And therefore, yes, we as a church, if, if we want to stay focused, we need to go. And a good place to start to go is, is reaching out to others. And this, um, it, it, was quite, um, it was quite interesting, this, this a, a, a community that we went to, they are literally the outcasts in that area. Um, very poor, like I saw some individuals there that when we were there last year, August sometime, they were still wearing the same clothes, same sh sh shoes, men, women, and kids, because that's all they have, just one pair of whatever. Well, what's on them, that's it. That's literally uh, all they have. So, but something that really, really touched me is even if that was all they have, they were still so warm-hearted and welcoming for us to come and come into their space so that they, can, that they can host us to be there with them in this week. They still, even if they have nothing, they still say, come, there's something. They will welcome us into their lives, and that for me was intense, and we'll sp speak about that more soon. They're very open-hearted. And, and for us as a, ch a church as well, we, what's, what's, what's on our heart is, is not just to, 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 to do the normal quick fix, the, the missions where you go, yeah, and that's some food, and a Bible say, Jesus plays you, boom, and you're gone. What we want to do there is to, to build a long-term relationship with them, to, to build up that trust and then um, from there to uplift the whole uh, community so that we actually su support them 360 with the, 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 the physical needs, with their soul, the, um, the emotions, and also um, the spiritual needs. So we uplift them in that whole sense because then they will be stronger, and for them, well, when they become then self-sustainable, will be able to influence the communities around them. So that's a, the long-term vision that we have for them. And because as well why this, why we want to help this specific community is we can see, and our team as well will say, they are hungry for God. They want to change. They want to learn more. And not just 
get and receive and have and all that stuff. But they, they, they asked me, like, what can we do from our side? How can we learn more? What can we do to learn more? And it's all about God. And they actually talked to me, yes, that when did we come back? The day before yesterday, they, they, they said that they would love to organize something to come to, to Ventuk and to just have a, a community with us all here because they were so thankful for everything we, we send as a church, we send to them and we help them and and they are so thankful in their hearts that they said, we want to organize a bus and send a whole bus here to just be with us as a church. Because they see us as, as one church now. So amazing people. Amazing people. So they are truly prepared to do something as well from their own. Um, it's not about just free handouts. And for them, they, they truly want to do something from the bottom of their heart. So, but before I go too far, I'm going to ask my team to share something. But um, even before that, we're just going to quickly watch a short video clip. Um, as uh, yeah, Marissa said, it's, it's amateur, but it's okay. Jesus still loves you. She made it late last night, so it's, it's good. But it's just something small, and, um, and then after that... But I'm, I'm, I'm first going to ask Marissa, you guys can come forward and just sit here. Um, we are in the session team as well, and they also have something to share. So we'll just from hear something from the side as well. And, and then I'll be back again. Amen. Could everyone hear that? We'll put it on, on YouTube as well. So uh, praise the Lord. If you've got any editing skills, you're welcome to let us know. I mean, so Johannes asked us as the intercession team to also just share. We had a, a very big group, actually, that were interceding for the trip. And so we didn't have time to ask everyone because we would love everyone who was part of it to just share their experiences. But we thought, I'm just going to ask Ina um, to share this morning because, you know, intercession, what does the word intercession actually mean? It means to stand in the gap on behalf of someone else. And so, you know, the kind of, as Johannes explained, the kind of outreaches that we do, the missions that we do, we don't just sing, sing Kumbaya around a fire. It's real spiritual warfare. You're going into territory where the enemy doesn't want you to go into. You're going to break new ground that he doesn't want you to break. But we know that we've got the, the higher power with us. We've got Jesus Christ who's already given us the authority to go into these places. And... You know, so we started praying a few weeks before, two, three weeks before the outreach, and the team, as some of them will maybe share, had an extremely challenging week the week before the outreach. You could feel the spiritual resistance, and I know many of you know what that feels like. You could sense the spiritual resistance. We had one of our team members lose a family member um, who passed away. Um, some of our team had family members who got sick and they had to go to hospital. Um, everyone is doing better now. But, you know, it's, it's real. The, the spiritual impact of these kind of trips and ministry is very, very real. So the team cannot go out and do these things without the backup of prayer, without the backup and the support of a church family that stands behind them. So I just want to share one scripture that the Lord put on my heart. I think it was on the second day as we were praying and the Lord showed me this scripture particularly for the outreach 
But more specifically, as Johannes explained for us as a church, for the work that God has commissioned us with this specific community. And as he said, you know, there's a bigger strategy that the Lord is busy with. It's not just, you know, going once and handing out some clothing and praying for some people. There's a bigger strategy. I think this was the fifth trip since we arrived in Namibia before we planted church. Johannes did about three scouting trips. We went last year on a trip, and now this one was actually the biggest one where we had the biggest team. So God is clearly doing something, um, establishing something. This is part of establishing his kingdom in Namibia. And he shared with me this scripture, Matthew 13, verse 31 to 32, and it says, Jesus taught the disciples another parable. And he said, heaven's kingdom can be compared to the tiny mustard seed that a man takes and plants in his field. And although it's the smallest of all the seeds, it eventually grows into the greatest of garden plants, becoming a tree for birds to come and build their nest in its branches. And I really felt the Lord as I was praying that morning that I saw the picture of bags and bags of seeds being dropped into the soil. And I asked the Holy Spirit, Lord, I know we're sowing seed. You know, when you sow the word, you're sowing seed. And the Lord said to me, it's much more than just sowing the word. It's investing into a long-term project, into a long-term mission of establishing his kingdom in this, in this nation. And God is using our church and particularly there. You know, he's using every church in different parts. And I really felt like the kingdom theme all week, very strongly on my heart, that there is a kingdom revelation that he's unleashing for us as a church, that he's opening up for us. And also for them, there is, they are part of our church community. They are, they are literally our brothers and sisters. So, so there's a long-term thing going. And, and I also asked Milani to share, Milani is not here today, but on the second day, the team had a bit of a difficult day. It was a, a spiritual resistance day. There was a lot of the village that they went into was kind of an unplanned village. They were going to go into a different area. And before Johannes even called me to give me an update as to what the team were busy with, I already saw on the intercession group the kind of prayers that the team were praying looked different from day one. They prayed for very specific things, and you could tell from Johannes' response two, three hours later that I knew the team was honored in the spirit. And this is what Melania also said. I asked her to just share briefly. And she said, this trip was so different from the previous trips that I interceded for. I felt the excitement and the expectation of the team, but I also felt the spiritual resistance for the team before and on the trip. But more than that, for the first time, I felt like I was part of it, even though I was in Vinduk. And when I was at home praying through, I had my responsibilities of being a wife, a mom, having a full-time job, but I still felt the Lord give me times and opportunities to pray. And she said, uh, day two was a particularly difficult day in terms of my time. But when I was able to spend just a few moments in concentration with the Lord, the Holy Spirit showed me clearly what to pray for. And she prayed specifically for a spirit of rejection and a spirit of, uh, I think, religion. There was something specific that she prayed. And she said, Marissa confirmed that Johannes said that was exactly what they were going through and what they needed. So I felt a bit like a failure in the flesh because I wasn't able to spend the amount of time on a daily basis in prayer that I wanted to. But this showed me again that God is faithful and he will use the time that we are willing to invest for the kingdom to do things for his glory. And so I really thought that was a powerful testimony of how powerful the role of prayer and intercession is. And so I also asked Ina if she wants to share something. She was also praying for the team. 
Um, so, yes, for me it was, we started the Wednesday, we went to our first um, cell group meeting and I could really feel the spirit stirring there when we started praying for the outreach. And um, I think there also my spirit started connecting with, you know, also being a part of the uh, an intercession team for the first time. And I was thinking on how exactly as well to divide my time up to be very much aware of what the Holy Spirit needs from me to pray and also to actually stop what I'm doing and concentrate on what he needs me to do. And <laughs> I had a, a blanket battle in the morning, but God encouraged me and said, but you have to get up, you have to pray because you need to make sure that when they move in, that there is already a release in the spirit. And it was very encouraging to me because I really feel like some days we, and this is also just the in general thing, some days we go into life and we just sort of expect God to move during the day and we haven't committed the day unto him. And that was really powerful to me to know that, yeah, but it was important. It was important not only to me, but to the team and to God and to really calm down and slow down and ask him, Lord, what is on your heart for the team today? What is, what is what you need to bring through? And then Sunday last week when we were in church, um, can I share that testimony? Um, I was in the back and I was doing worship and I really saw um, God, I saw um, wooden dolls on the floor and it was um, droog, hulle was uitgedroog. And I saw from heaven, this cloth being wrenched out and this massive golden oil drop, just one massive but deep golden oil drop just falling onto the wooden dolls and replenishing what needs to be given back. And But the journey for me was really empowering to know that we can be here in flesh, but we can be there in our spirit whilst we are praying. And God really, really opened up so many doors for me to know that, and yeah, I also want to confirm as Milani said that you very much felt there when you see the pictures, when you see what you guys were doing up there, it was empowering to know that what we were praying for was what was manifesting there. So that was, yeah, that was my experience. Well done. Awesome. Cool. Next up is going to be our, our team that we went there. So I'll first ask uh, Carol. You're going to be first and then. Hmm. Have a seat. <laughs> Where's the interpreter? Yeah. <laughs> We need one now, huh? Yeah, yeah. Van Engels and Afrikaans. You can do it. Um, so, Carol, um, can you tell us something that you, you felt like the Lord did in your heart there in the Vunu this, this last week? Something, that's, something that stood out for you? Yes, there's, there's actually, when, when I was thinking about this, there's two major things that stood out for me. And you touched a bit on this, Pastor Johannes. The first one is the difference between 
the villages, the contrast actually between the villages where the seed of God has already been sown and have started to grow and the villages that were still completely left in darkness. On the one side, you have these villages where the seed have already started or has been sown. The people have joy. You come there, the people just invite you in. They have a hunger for more. They, they have a hunger for, for the Lord. And although they're in exactly the same situation as the rest of these people, sometimes even worse, as you said, they still have joy. You, you can feel the joy. You can, can feel your welcome. And by contrast, you get the other villages that are still in complete darkness. They, you can feel a spirit of rejection, a spirit of heaviness. The people have no joy. But you know, the good part is we actually planted seeds while we were there. And even if we just had that one or two baptisms or one or two people that gave their hearts to the Lord, I strongly feel that seeds have now been planted. And those seeds will grow. So, so I'm excited to see what's going to happen in the future when we get to those villages that were completely dark up until now. And the second thing is the part of Scripture that says, when I am weak, he is strong. I personally experienced that scripture. That was made, that was bound to my heart. It was the second last day. We had a long day. <laughs> it was physically, spiritually, emotionally draining. And by the time we reached the last village, I think, we were all pretty much trained. And, but Pastor Johannes delivered a powerful sermon about the spirit of rejection. Afterwards, he asked the whole team to start praying individually for the people who were there. And at that stage, as I said, I was, I was done for. I was, <laughs> I was tired physically. I was emotionally drained, spiritually depleted. And I prayed for one or two people and... Then up comes this young lady, and I will never forget this moment. She just started confessing one thing after another. She started confessing about her mother that did things to her as a child, and she, she started to forgive her. And she was forgiving people one after the other for about five or ten minutes. At one stage, I was in tears with her. And when she finished, she said she wanted to give her heart right there and then to Jesus. So I said, let's pray. And as soon as I started praying for the Holy Spirit, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but as soon as I started praying, this lady manifested. And I can only tell you at that stage, the Holy Spirit completely took over. It was none of myself. Afterwards, I, uh, I'm still processing it now <laughs> as I'm sitting here. But... I had my first deliverance right there and then. Not of myself, but of the Holy Spirit. After the deliverance, this young lady jumped up. She gave me the biggest of hug, and tears were just streaming down her face. She was crying. And yeah, that for me was just amazing. And like I said, that's where the scripture for me became real. When I am weak, he is strong. When we are weak, he is strong. So... Thank you for that, Carl. That was pretty intense, actually. Um, 
in this, this, the sense that now we all saw there the, the power of forgiveness and repentance that, that actually set that woman free. And because it was true repentance, you, you could see it because initially she was crying and, and she really did forgive the, the people. And because we saw her heart was, it was true. And I know that the Lord saw her heart was true. That helped for her now to get rid of a, a, a demon. And she was, she was set free. That was amazing. So, wow, thank you, God. <laughs> yeah, and um, if you could say something about why you would recommend any of us to, 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 to do the next trip, what would it be? Why would you recommend it? Yeah, I just want to say, if anybody wants to experience what the gospel, what, what the word of truth, what the Holy Spirit does in a community, and if you want to make scripture real for yourself, I would strongly encourage you to go. Because there I, I saw in the villages what the Holy Spirit and what God, what the word of God does in a community. And scripture for me became real. Up until this trip, it was, scripture was there. I believed it. But now it's real. It became real. It, it, so yeah, if you want scripture to become real, join us on the next trip. <laughs> awesome, thank you, Carl. And he said something, if you want scripture to be real for you, and, and that's something huge actually, because there's many of us that we, we talk around and we live our lives and we know that it's true what it says in the Bible, and we believe in Jesus, and we believe in the Word, but there's just that something not there yet. It hasn't become real to you as an individual. So, next trip, if you want to make it real, you can come and join us. Next up, I'm going to ask for Reino. Reino. Awesome. So, uh, Reino, can you tell me one thing that you've experienced on this trip that, that, uh, that had an impact on your life? Oh, there was actually a few. Um, the first time we arrived in a village, mostly when you go once, twice, three times to a place, and people expect you, most of them is like, ah, here I come again, I'm going to preach the word, blah, 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 let's see what the Spirit is doing, and go, 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 and but when you get there, they just, the kids, they just open up their heart. They just open up their heart to receive us. And even with the struggles, we didn't see any struggles in them. It's just like if they put the struggles away and just put that whole week aside for us, make space for us to come into their, their land and just to realize that, you know what, doesn't matter what you have or don't have. If you truly want to worship God, truly want to receive the word, just open your heart, and that's what they did. And I'm a basically very shy guy, so I can't really go there and face people. And But when I got there, I just got this calmness. Like, 
is what I'm going to do here. I know there's going to be miracles going to happen, but I was like, you know what? It's unreal. It's, I mean, we are so blessed this side. I mean, we're sometimes so ungrateful for the things we have. But they, they have nothing. And the way they just serve and worship the Lord, it was totally amazing. And we can actually stop playing church on this side and actually go there and see what they actually, what true servants is like. I mean, we think our lives are difficult, but when you get there, yeah, it's just a humbleness that you don't experience in every day here in Windhoek. And the other thing is, same as Carl said, it's like the villagers, um, we went to the village, there was joy, happiness, the kids was amazing, everybody was just receiving. But in other villages, you can feel like there's like a darkness, there's like this date, you're like in a desert, there's nothing. And now we went to the villages and asked people, they know Jesus, yes, they know Jesus, but do they know what is the purpose of Jesus and what Jesus' son did for us? And they said no. And the more you try to explain to them, the more they're just like, just looking here, looking there, and they can't face you in the eyes. And that's when I realized that the joy we had at the first village, we passed through Manus East and other villages, when we do the outreach, you can feel the heaviness. And yeah, we pray for people, we ask them, bless them with the Holy Spirit, and ask them to come to the next service that we're having in other villages, and some didn't show up. And some did show up. And yeah, it was just the blessing to see actually the, the hunger. Even if the seed wasn't so in other villages, and the people that we all did came, you can see they want to learn. They want to know more. Who is this Jesus? Who is this Holy Spirit? What? How can I provide for my family? How come I change my circumstance that I'm living in? And just go out there and to receive the word. They don't want to. And also it's like... Um, yeah, I had a lot of doubt. It's like, you know what, how can I do it? How can I go out there and preach for the people, pray for them? And I was like, it's impossible. I mean, I'm not so godly that I know, yes, we go there, they will go bam, 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 bam. But actually, when you start and you put yourself in front, that the Spirit leads you, it's just amazing how you suddenly, just in that moment, just forget about yourself, about your circumstances, about your living, and try to go down to their level and serve at their level. And then you actually really see if you go to their level, like, yes, you know what, actually, it's, we're so royal this side, but on that side, it's a totally different ballgame. Amen. And, and he said there's now a few things that's, that's also for us as a church here extremely important. Um, like um, Also what, what you mentioned, Carl, is, is that it was amazing to see the changes in the, 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 the villages that they didn't just know Jesus or knew about him. They actually had a relationship with him. Because everywhere we went, yeah, I know who Jesus is. You know, they will also know who Jesus is. It's not about knowing Jesus. Everyone knows Jesus. It's do you have with him a relationship? And you could see it from village to village, away we went. And also, so something that he said, and I think all of us can can testify to that is, is that 
you do feel unprepared, you do feel weak, you do feel this, you do feel that, but when you stand up there and you let Holy Spirit take over, you get the boldness, you get the, the, the confidence, and you can bring His Word to people. You have an impact on them, but it, it just takes that, I kind of opstand it must too late. Just that one step of faith, and then and the Holy Spirit just it takes over. So that's that's awesome. Well done. And and also, if you can share something like why you think someone should go on the next trip, I've got something to say before you say it. Um, if he's on the next trip, go. <laughs> he makes awesome biscuit rasks. <laughs> okay. This guy. If that's your only motivation, then come. Because. <laughs> Yo, yo, it makes very good rasks. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, I'm just going to share it like the last day when he was preaching. Also, like Carl said, you're so tired. I mean, you, your body is there, but your spirit just feels like you can't go anymore. And as he was preaching, I was staring at the corn, cornfield, and but as I want to focus on him, I just basically fall asleep. It's just like I'm like, and and for ten minutes I was I don't know how long I was, probably a few minutes, and then I when he preached again I woke up and I was just standing there, not feeling any joy, feeling down, feeling like, ugh, can your service just be over again? I'm so tired. It's not fun anymore and. And I think that was like when they prayed, it's like the devil is busy to bring you down. I mean, you have so much joy, so much fun. And like you also said, now today you win with this expectation. Tomorrow you must step up your game because the enemy is going to try and bring you down so that you can't grow in your faith, grow into your maturity and stuff. And yeah, I was sitting there and feeling like uh, boring. And then after the service is finished, he, we have to start to wash the people's feet. And I'm like, okay, ugh, I have to go. Let me go and, and <laughs> wash the people's feet. And, and at that moment, when I start to pray again, I just, from my tiredness, from my loneliness, from my boredness, I just actually got excited again. It's like, and the more I pray for the people, the more I just want them to come, sit, 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 sit. And... And I won't forget, there was this last one, was a baby, small baby, probably two years old. And a mother brought him, stood on a chair, and as soon as I touched his feet, I just got this picture of um, David. That the shepherd boy in the field doing his thing, don't know anything, and then suddenly just came out and said, I'm going to face a giant. I'm going to slay that giant. I mean, God is with me. And then I prayed over that boy, and I just felt like he's like a David in a sense. It's, he just stared me with those big eyes. He just stared at me like this. And I'm like, stop staring. <laughs> but, I mean, I can, I don't know if there was a spirit, but I can see that he actually, he expects something. Someone or inside of him is expecting a word. And I just got that picture of David and I just prayed and prophesied over him. And when I saw that, I don't know, something also changed in myself. It's like, you can be how down, you can be how tired, when the Holy Spirit is working, it's almost like an uplift. 
And if you feel, when they ask him about why was I then on a church, tired, falling asleep, didn't feel like service, and then afterwards when I pray, my spirit got lifted, he said that a lot of time when you are weak, you must pray. Because praying will uplift your spirit. And to go out a lot of questions, it's like, I'm going to pray in English, and how am I going to do this, how am I going to do that? And every time he gives me answers, which is so simple, but sometimes we try to make it so difficult for ourselves. It's a simpleness that can actually make a big difference. If you go out on this outreach, it doesn't matter where you are, or you think you're not good enough, or think I can't do this, I can't do that. When you get there, and you step onto their level, it just change your whole attitude towards the way how you see people, the way how you serve God, and the way how you go out there and try to help other people. And that was uplifting in my life. I mean, I always like to help people, but I'm too shy. I don't know what to say, I don't know how to do it. But actually, their doors open for me, and it's not that difficult. If you are leading the Spirit, then anything is possible. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> he, said a, he said a lot now. Thanks, Reno. He said a lot, and yes, there's heaps more. But um, he said something as well, very important. Do not underestimate the, p- the power of prayer. Like, yes, it, it helped us and protect us and sort of the intercession group gave us a direction, but it, it's not just for the people out there, the bigger picture people. It's also for you as an individual. It uplifts your spirit when you feel weak. Because when you are weak, when you feel, when you feel weak, you're actually not weak. When you feel weak, the, the Lord within you makes you strong again. You just have to open your mouth and, and talk to Him. Amen. Awesome. Thanks, Reino. Next, I'm going to ask William to come, come forward. Noah? <laughs> Noah? <laughs> Noah, yeah? <laughs> awesome. William, um, can you share something what you experienced there in, in the wound is something that you learned and that the Lord t- touched your heart with? Yeah, well, there's quite a few things like the guy said, yeah. I think for me, I'm going to take some out of each and every one of their stories and uh, I'm going to share of what I experienced from each of them when we were on the trip. So, for example, um, the one day we were at one village and there was this little girl, well, hiding behind the chairs and she came out. We've prayed for everybody in in that village by then. And she came out and she came to Lauren and she said, can you pray for me? That was this young girl, and we we were done. We were already on our way. We were, were about to pack up, and in that moment, when Lauren prayed for her, all the air on Lauren stood up. So you could see the Holy Spirit run through her while she's praying for. Her. So all the air now Lauren's got a lot of air. <laughs> we're standing upright, <laughs> and she's got goosebumps all over her. So if you have never experienced the living God going through somebody, that was it. So that's, that's how you could see it. I was standing there and I'm looking at this and you just experience it. You see it physically. And then the one day, it was the second day we were there, 
in, in um, Rwanda's village. So this is a village, like Carl said, where the seed has been planted already, where these guys have been, they, they've experienced a lot, they've, they've started to grow. And Jacques did the first testimony. And the very first testimony we did, we all had to do a testimony. Jacques just raised the roof of that thing. The people were singing, they were clapping hands, and this is just on a testimony that Jacques did. We had people that manifested as soon as Lauren touched that woman, she fell over. And that was just with one testimony that we had there. So that's how the spirit just went into a village that the seed is already planted in. So how you could feel this, how just the power of the Lord was in there. Did you take Carl? Carl told the story. We, we were praying for each individual that had problems with rejection, and they needed to forgive a lot of people in their lives. And from the first person you prayed for to the very last one, you, you treated everyone as it, it was the first one you prayed for. So none of us prayed for one and then it started slowing down. So the Lord just went through you person by person by person. And once Carl got to that last one, it was the one that hit him the most. So never underestimate the power of one or the power of two. Just keep going. And that was for me, Carl. And then we had Renu. The lady that manifested as soon as Lauren touched him while Jacques was doing his, his, um, his confession or his, his um, testimony. Um, afterwards, we were asked to pray for each individual as well in the village. And Rainu started praying for this specific lady um, that, that obviously manifested when, when Jacques had his testimony. And he prayed for her. Again, it happened. And then Johannes and, and Rainu prayed for her. They got rid of the, the, the stuff that was bounding it um, to this world. And that lady pitched up at every village where we went that whole week. And it's, this is kilometers away from where we were the first day that you guys prayed for her. So, that, yeah. so she was after that so hungry to learn more. She walked literally kilometers to be at the next village just to experience more. And to get and receive more. She was there every single day at every village. Um, so that was for me on Renu. And then, Johannes, you, every ceremony you did, every word you spoke there, just hit me as much as it hit anybody in that crowd. The simplicity at which you explained it so that they could understand it was for me more powerful than anything I kind of ever heard here. <laughs> Not to downplay what we're doing here, but that was how powerful the words were that was delivered to everybody there. So for me, it was an amazing experience. Thanks, William. Yeah. No, if the Holy Spirit moves, if there's a, if people are expectant, God just moves. Just, just, just know that if you are expecting, something will happen. Amen. So, um, and William, why would you recommend such someone to, 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 to come along on the next trip? Do you have another, another half an hour? Go for it. <laughs> okay. No, definitely. If, if, if you feel that you've basically hit your ceiling where you are now in church, 
you are struggling to just lift your level and you need to break out of that level, definitely go on to an outreach. Um, I, I've been in the church out of the whole team. I've, I've been here since end of January. So I didn't know the team. I didn't know anybody there. But for me, spiritually, how I've grown through this year and what I experienced now on this trip just lifted my level. So for me, if you are really, if you're stuck there and you need to lift your level, then go on to an outreach. Because every one of us, even the guys that serve in church, not just come to church, we've kind of hit our level. And for us, for me, that last day when we, when we washed their feet, that we, we humbled ourselves to wash that entire village's feet, that's when I realized, even though we're serving here in church, what are we actually doing? We are... You make a cup of coffee, you put up the banners, you put up the few chairs, but did you realize that somebody is going to sit in that chair? And when you put down that chair, you are actually washing that guy's feet. And that's, that's what you learn on going on outreach, is to humble yourself and start serving, but not serving, why am I here? I'm j I just got to be here. Yes, I've committed to this morning, so I got to get up. No, when you put down that chair, you're washing that guy's feet. And if you put that cup on that table for somebody to come and have a coffee out of it, you're blessing that guy. And that's the attitude that we need to step up. And I think everybody needs to step up. Well, thank you. Thank you, William. Thank you very much. <laughs> Lauren. So, um, brave woman here next to me. <laughs> Amazingly, she was the only <laughs> lady on the trip between a bunch of really, um, really interesting guys. <laughs> on our way back um, yesterday, I think we said we said, you know, you know, we we, we all get sort of now friendly and emotional. It's now the end of the trip, and we say, yeah, we've learned so much from. From each other on this trip, and some said we we learned too much from each other on this trip. <laughs> and she, she was with us all, but she was a brave woman, and she, yeah, she had an amazing t t t time, and she's got a few amazing things to share because what the Lord as well did with her, it was very specific to you, I think, and um, we would love to hear more. Um, before I share, I'd just also like to say that being the only woman, I have never in my life seen five grown men cry, cry under one roof together. <laughs> All of them <laughs> at once. <laughs> um, yeah, I think each one of you has already touched on what I want to share here today. Um, but specifically for me, um, I think Carl and I on the Thursday, we had a really hard day. It was hard. We were breaking holy ground everywhere we went. Um, but everywhere I went, personally, I just felt that I wanted to go sit in the car and just sit in the car and not be here and not do this. And um, every time Johannes asked me, are you okay? I said, no, I'm fine. Like, I just, you know, I had to keep on going. I didn't want to tell him that I want to go sit in the car and just be sorry for myself. And um, Jacques gave such a beautiful word at, um, in the afternoon about 
um, Jesus at the well and the Samaritan lady and, you know, the power of living water. And I was sitting there and I was fighting in my flesh just to stay awake, like just fighting so hard just to, you know, hold on to what he was saying. And, you know, Jack is powerful when he speaks. Even me, I was like really fighting just to, as, as Reno said, you know, but I think I managed to try and stay awake. <laughs> um, and yeah, really just, I am, um, and then when we got up and we just started praying for people, something else took over, something else. Um, when we laid hands on people, because we had to go and pray for each one individually, it was no longer me. I, my, my feelings of um, questioning and doubt and why am I here, and, and weariness, just, it, it left, and the Lord moved, and he worked, and we prayed for people, and we laid hands on people, and, and that was that, and um, so it was a really difficult day, and then the next day, the Friday, wow, Friday was a joyous, joyous, joyous day, I've never experienced the love of God so powerful in my life, ever, 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 We had a really blessed morning, um, and then that afternoon we went, the team, we went to go and, you know, on a boat cruise, and we saw the Popa Falls, and um, the boat beached on one of the banks just before the falls, and we went to go and actually see the falls, and the guys went swimming in the pool. It was great, and as we were walking back, I saw the shining thing in the sand, and you know, sometimes when you, it just looked out of place, it looked unnatural. So, and it, it was so discreet because it was completely buried in the sand. And the Holy Spirit prompted me to pick this thing up because I could see that it was attached to something else. And um, so I picked it up and it was a watch, a really fancy watch. And I said to Johannes and the guy that, uh, the skipper of the boat, I said, can we not give it to a lost and found, maybe someone's really lost, you know, this really nice watch. And Johannes said, no, keep it, just, it's fine. And two minutes later, <laughs> two minutes later, the Holy Spirit prompted me to give it to Jacques. And I just gave it to him, and he was just, and he was just like, it's, it's such a blessing, thank you so much. And later today, the, later that day, he told me, that he's, he'd always wanted a watch like that. So, and this is where my story really comes to a close, is that, um, I'm going to start crying. <laughs> in the bathroom that night, I went in and I, yeah, I think, I can't remember what I was doing, why you go to the bathroom if it was for child, whatever. <laughs> um, but I just felt the presence of the Holy Spirit so strong in the bathroom, and there was another lady there. We had been alone at the campsite the whole week. And um, she was humming, and I walked out, and she's like, yeah, um, do we put on mosquito you know, repellent here? And I said, it's probably a good idea. And I could hear that it was a, f a foreign accent, so I just assumed, ach, just another tourist. And she started speaking to me, and it turns out this lady lives in Pretoria, and she knows living word in Pretoria, and as she spoke to me, she was just such a blessing in my life. I honestly believe it was a divine appointment because this lady, she, she spoke such powerful words to me in that moment that was so true, so holy, and so divine that I don't think I will ever be the same again. 
she, she laid hands on me, she prayed for me, and I didn't know her from a bar of soap. And I, you must ask Johannes and the guys, I came running out of that both bathroom, me, and I was like, you won't believe what just happened. Like, it was just, it was so incredible. And um, so it really just, again, showed me that, you know, if you give faithfully from a heart of nothing, um, where you feel downtrodden and broken, you, God is going to bless you so abundantly because that gift that I received that evening was worth any material, much more than any material gift that I have ever, ever received. So, yeah. Wow, that was really, that was really amazing. And I, I believe that, that the Lord will still keep on with that word, keep on to, 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 to bless you and bless you. Is, um, is because something that I saw from, from that and something that I, I, I picked up as well, that we must believe that God's word is true. It, it, he says in his, his word, um, not sure if I can remember the right words now, but he will look after us more than little sparrows. He, he knows us inside out. He knows our every need and on, on an outreach like, like this, and not just an outreach, just normal Christian living every day. Um, he comes and when we feel down, when we feel tired, when we feel low, and all those things, um, he knows exactly what we need, when we, we need it, where we need it, and why we need it. And he lifts us up again. He never, ever, ever forsakes us. When Jesus ascended into heaven, he said, I will send my Holy Spirit to be with you always, to be always be with you until I, um, I come back. And that was exactly what happened with her on that day. Jesus again became real that second. Amen. Thank you, Lauren. And, um, and if you can share why you think someone should come on the next trip. Um, I think, yeah, as everyone's also shared in some way or another, it's about, it's about impact. Um, for me, it, it wasn't just about sharing the gospel, and um, I'll be quick, I promise. <laughs> um, it, yes, it is about that, but it's about having the trust and faith that once you've done that, that you know that God is going to look after those people, that he's going to make their circumstances better, um, and have faith in that he will he will grow the kingdom there, but in doing that, they, he will also glorify his people. Um, and the other thing that, why I would go on a trip like that is it's honestly, I don't think I'm ever going to be the same again, ever. Amen. So much thank you, Lauren. Thank you. Thank you. Next is Jock. So um, before he starts, uh, when, we, when we left there on Friday afternoon, we left all the, the, the people there in the Wundu, um, 
the, 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 the pastor there, Romanus, he told me, like, uh, you know my father, I mean, he calls me his, his daddy. You know daddy, um, you see the need here. We need microphones, we need speakers, we need things. We need a roof for the church. We need some things. But he says, I know all these things are expensive. It's because he understands the money thing, he understands it. He says, I know these things are expensive. So he says, so if you cannot afford to send us these things, just leave us Jack here because, <laughs> because he has a built-in microphone, he says. <laughs> he has a built-in microphone, so it's fine. <laughs> we only need him. You can leave the microphones and speakers. Just leave Jack here. Then it's, it's all good. So awesome, Jack. Um, if, if, if you can share... Something that the Lord touched your heart on this week. So, first of all, always, always be ready to receive good fed cook. Amen. Amen. I was really touched by that. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yes, so, one of the days, uh, me and William... We, we poured water for the baptism in this um, containers that these communities, they carry in the, in the evenings 20-liter containers to go get water. We just open a tap and there's water. And uh, while we pour the water, um, you know, we play for time. And the community came and we start pouring, pouring water for them as well. And I just, I just realized one thing is, one of, one of the guys, he said one of the taps is closed. They, they are not allowed to go pour water there. And the Holy Spirit prays something on my heart that even though they are limited to physical water, the streams of the living water is not limited. The river of God is flowing right now. Every day, it is the same. You choose to stay dry, or you, you choose, or you, you will walk into the river. And there I realize, but even though they are limited physically, this weekend they will receive the living water. And uh, so, the sermon, I don't know which day it was, it feels like a month, but sharing sharing that um, the morning about about living water God reminded me of a of a scripture in um, I'm not going to preach don't worry but uh, <laughs> um, in Jeremiah 2 verse 13 where it says for my people they have committed two evils they have forsaken me the fountain of living waters and they made themselves cisterns broken cisterns that cannot hold water. That, that is what I preach on, is I was looking for a container, a system that's got holes in. That's what I saw in the spirit. When I walked around the, the church, there I saw a container with holes in. By accident, no, God wants to do something. So I started preaching on the living water. And believe me, this is for you as well. So, so the living water, 
that um, many, many of them, they put their trust in people, put their trust in idols, witchcraft, all these things. And it will never be able, never be able to hold water. We'll never hold water. And all these things that they trusted in will never hold water. They will be thirsty again. And we came there to offer the living water. People that is thirsty. And we saw a move of God. Even though they have so little, they have a thirst for something that only we have. But accept Jesus, the scripture teaches us, I, I don't care who you are. I don't care how good you speak, there we heard all of us. Yeah, Reynus say he's shy, but But okay, um, the Bible teaches us, read that scripture in John, where it says that he who believes in me streams of loving water will flow from his innermost beings. He who believes in me. That is each one of you. And that, and that is why I recommend you to go. There's people dying of thirst. And they are dying without Jesus. And you have the living water to give. Yeah, that uh, Saturday, I couldn't fall asleep because I was preaching that time, so... I needed to stay awake. I know uh, Lauren said, um, even though I had a powerful voice, you know, she was tired. I had to be awake, so I had to I had to preach. But at the at the same time, physically, I didn't tell the team, but I felt very ill as well. And it's just God. We sang we sang that last part. Say, seek first the kingdom. Not your needs. I needed to feel well that day. But God told me, listen, turn your focus. This is kingdom. And I want to move. And so he did. The more I started focusing on just sharing his word, praying for others, you know, it changed. Yes. So we need to get our eyes of ourselves. I can recommend it today. Thank you, Jack. You answered the second one as well already. So, <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else you want to share or you're good? Yeah. Um, we need to get to a place where we get hungry for God. I realize that many times we are full of ourselves. We need to get to a place and humble ourselves and say, God, I want to hunger again. Like that fed cook, you will be filled. But you need hunger. And that is what I'm praying over each one of, of the members today. Thank you, Jack. Thank you.
That was powerful. I mean, everyone's story that we shared, and um, we we saw as well there on the day that each team member, when they shared, the impact it had on the the, the people there. They they came that that whole week. They came and tell Pastor Romanus, who then told me the impact that everyone here had on them when they shared their stories. It's, it's not because we're in Ventuk and we're a bunch of white people with city stuff and what we have to share means nothing to them. Do not underestimate Holy Spirit interpreting it so that they will also receive something from us and we from them. And the, um, 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 your, your word, your t testimony, your walk with God are extremely, extremely powerful. And if you have something to share, share it. Amen? I'm nearly done. Um, just something as well that I've seen um, for myself. On the, on the second day of the actual on the outreach, we would have gone to the one village, but something happened, so we had to, to, to go to a different one, and it was all a mess in the spirit, in the flesh, it was a mess. That rhymes, yeah. And, and, and it was really hard for us up to a certain level to, to stay f focused on why we are there, because we want people's people, numbers, signs, wonders, or miracles. There's such, so many things. I mean, we drove 1,800, 900 back and forth to get there, and like we want to do stuff, excited. And that, and, and that uh, day was a day of no, particularly low numbers on that one spot, the one place we went through the bush, low numbers as in the five or six people that were there five or six of them were there the day before <laughs> and so they heard us already so there were one or two extras and and we had a talk among ourselves in the team and the the thing that the Lord then spoke to us about is will you do this big mission outreach hype here in Ventuk and get all these the Bibles, clothes, food, money, everything I go all the way there for one person? Because for him it's about the one. It's not about lots of numbers, numbers, numbers all the time. It's about that one. And we found that one that day. And we baptized that one that day. Because that's the one that he wanted to reach that day. So we learned as much as the people they did, we also learned of in and of ourselves um, this week and also of, of, of the work of God. Just a quick, quick thing I want to do before I end the service is can I have a quick raise of hands? Who of you guys um, send us clothes with this week? Keep your hand up. Who of you guys send us shoes? Who of you guys 
send money, finances. Who of you guys, this is a trick question, so watch out. Who of you guys gave any money to church in this last year? All of us. So if you think about it, what we did now in the Vundu, it's not a, a select few that made this happen. It's not just the few that send bags of clothes, or bags of shoes, or big amounts of money, or Bibles, or whatever. It's, it's, it's all of us actually, as a very small church, you can look around, came to, 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 to together and we made a massive success of this week. So I just want to honor you all in that because it was really powerful. I mean, so thank you for that. And also, like, like we all said, you might have been in Ventuk and you give a bag of clothes. Now someone is going to put that on. And you might have been at work somewhere this week and your work has not been that well or whatever. It doesn't matter. You've been Jesus to someone this week. You who have sold money for a Bible, and you may not have felt spiritual this week. It's fine. You are being Jesus to someone this week. Each and everyone here, everyone here, and everyone not here today, like literally, you have been Jesus for someone this week. Just for us to give them attention, to physically hug them, to eat from their food, to humble ourselves before them, to shake their hands and look them in the eye and ask their names. That changed lives this week. Just, I think, before we left, a second or two, um, Romana said, Pastor Johannes, the people are talking. Why? He said, they, they want to know, where, where does this people come from? Like, they, they don't just walk and not even look at us. And they walk there and they, they look you in the eye, greet you. They, they actually wash our feet, and they eat the food that we make. Like, who does that? It touched them so, so much. Oh, yeah. Okay, and to end up, I'm just going to greet something here. Uh, um, I heard a voice echoing down from eternity saying that I was hungry, did you feed me? I was naked, did, did you clothe me? I was sick, did you care for me? I was the outcast you met in the bush and on the street. Did you even touch me? Did you hug me? For if you did it unto the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you did it unto me. And if you fail to do it unto the least of these, you fail to do it unto me. So when we 
lovingly do it unto the least of these. We actually open the door for salvation. We open the door for the kingdom to come into their lives. We open the door for Jesus to come and touch them. Amen. So um, let's pray. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for this amazing day, Lord God. Yes, Holy Spirit, thank you for being here this morning. Th thank you for everyone that shared this morning their testimonies, Jesus. But it's not their testimonies that they shared. They shared your character, Lord Jesus. I thank you for that Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. I, th I thank you for our team here in Ventuk that interceded for us, that prayed for us and supported us. I thank you, Lord, for everyone here that offered time, money, resources, to support this trip. I thank you, Lord, for, for what you've done in us as a church. That although we are small, Lord God, we are a church that's in unity. We are a vrijgevige kerk, We know your, your character, Lord God. And in everything we do, we want to bring you glory, Lord Jesus. It's, it's not about us. It's all about you, Lord God. It is all about you, Jesus. I thank you for that. Thank you for everyone in this church, Lord Jesus. May everyone here be blessed and receive your grace and your favor. I thank you, Father, for, for being with us this whole week on this trip that everywhere we, we went no matter how easy or how hard it was emotionally physically or in the spirit Lord Jesus we know that you are with us every step of the way from everything around us Lord God we cannot but recognize your presence and your glory Thank you, Father, and I, th I thank you also, Lord Jesus, for your heart for people. I thank you, Lord, for your heart for the least of these, for, for the poor, for the widow, the orphans, the outcast of society, because, Lord, you were once the stone that has been rejected. But that stone who was rejected, Lord God, unhew our whole faith and salvation has been built. So you understand all of this, Lord Jesus. And yes, Lord, I just come and I pray for a new fire to ignite in our church 
Lord God, that we will have a fire for you and for your work, no matter where we are, Lord God. If it's here in Ventuk, if it's in our households, if it's on an outreach in the Wundu or wherever, Lord God, but that we will have that fire in our hearts for you, Lord God. I thank you for that, Jesus, and I thank you, Holy Spirit, and I bless everyone here, Lord God, that we will have an amazing Sunday, that we will have an amazing week, Lord God, and that each and everyone takes away something today that will move us closer to you, Lord Jesus. For we love you, God. We love you, God. Amen.